Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Tonight. We're talking football. We're talking Raging Cajun football with former color analyst uh, for Raging Cajun broadcast, Chris Lano. How are you this evening, Chris? Did you get a haircut? I did not. It's just, you know, Cody said the same thing the other night, and I took a shower. I know it's strange that I take showers, uh, but uh, uh, when when it's... Oh, you got fur. When when it, when it's wet, I I comb it, uh, I I pull it back, comb it back, whatever you want to call it. And uh, this is not what people are here to listen about is my my hair, even though it is quite lush, luscious. I think it's the topic of the day. Looks good. Looks good. <laughs> As the million mul- dollar mullet said, it's almost looking like a million dollars. I think it's only about seven hundred and fifty k myself. So shout out to the mullet man. So. So let's get started. Good for you. Let's get started. <laughs> All right, Chris. We went with it. Uh, well, I was going to say last week, but somebody uh, couldn't make it in last week. Lots of things going on in your life. So I, I, I understand that you can't make it every week or all the time, but that's not going to stop me from calling you out on Twitter, though. You do realize that. No, I would, that was appreciated. I, I enjoyed that, actually. But you're right. It, it was to elaborate a little bit on the week. Um, my son had his final flag football game, and we had volleyball playoffs. And really, it was, it was the volleyball playoffs because they made the girls play back-to-back on the same night. And because they won, they had to play on the very next night. And it was a late game for, uh, for whatever reason. So I, I knew – and I knew the volleyball team that my daughter plays on was, was – going to be good enough to make it all the way and so i anticipated that so my apologies but had a little had a lot of family activities uh on the sports end but it was fun though but you know still got to enjoy to watch the game and uh you and i off the air we got to share a little bit of our thoughts and that's always fun yeah not a problem at all family's always first with us so let's uh move on to the good the bad and the ugly what was the good in your mind this past week well, I think when you look at the good, it's hard to not come away with the overall quarterback play from Ben Woldridge. As we all know, he was named Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week on offense, and I think it was well-deserved. Um, you know, you're starting to see this offense gel, a lot more continuity between Ben along with the offensive line and as well as long, along with his receivers. And I think whereas before this Cajun team – where we've really been built the last 15 or so years as a team that's able to run the ball and open up for the passing game. Now you're starting to see a little bit of the opposite. You're starting to see the passing game open up the run game, more success along the corners, along the outside with your receivers to open up more running opportunities with your running backs um, in between the tackles. So, you know, it's, to me, I, I thought it was quite obvious. I thought Ben, you know, he is definitely progressing as a quarterback. He's starting to have command with this offense. It's really good to see. And, you know, once again, I'm looking forward to seeing him play on Thursday against Southern Miss, and I think he's going to do very well. Yeah, you know, for me, the good was the balance attack. 14 rushing for first downs, 12 passing first downs. But, but like you said, it was the passing that opened up the running game versus the running game, open up the passing game, something that Cajun fans aren't used to. But still, good, excellent performance by the Cajuns. Uh, and, and you can go with the defense as well, for that matter. Uh, huge stop. So, But I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So what was your opinion on the bad? 
Well, when you look at the bad, you can almost just focus on one play. And, you know, Louisiana, they win the coin toss. And exactly what I expect from Michael Decimo, he wants to defer uh, decide in the second half, as well as put your defense on the field first. That is the strength of your football team. So defense comes out, they get a nice stop, and they go three and out, and the ball gets punted to Louisiana with so- solid field position. And as Louisiana was driving, Ben Waldridge hits Earl Rogers on a nice slant pattern in stride, running down the field, and he fumbles the ball away. And I just think that, you know, I know it's early in the football game, early in the first quarter, but you're going down to put a statement on a Western Conference foe early on, 7 nothing. And, you know, you fumble the ball away and it's been a little bit of issues for this offense as of late. And, um, you know, you you just don't want to do that early on in the game. It can really kill your momentum early on. And but lucky enough, I think Louisiana was able to overcome that, obviously. And uh, but, you know, you you just can't afford to do that, especially in bigger games where it's really going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. And that's where we can go back to the good side of it is that our defense have been playing so strong, but there's going to be a a time in the game. Luckily, it happened early on in the game to where the defense was still uh, fresh uh, as opposed to later on in the game where where the defense may not have been able to hold them uh, without uh, letting them score on that. So absolutely agree. Uh, The ugly, that's kind of hard to pick in in this – this this past weekend's game but there was some ugly in the game your thoughts well there was definitely some ugly and we always we don't necessarily have to look on the louisiana sideline for the ugly to me you have to focus on arkansas state going 0 and 13 on offense now i understand that the quarterback jackson was a question mark coming in he was on crutches after they had played their last football game uh, so we didn't really know i think uh Even media in the press box was telling Jay Walker and others uh, before they were calling the game, probably yourself as well, that they did not even know for sure he was going to be a game time decision. But that definitely showed because, you know, with the new quarterback, with the inexperienced play and just going over 13, uh, I guess this cage, this stout Cajun defense, I mean, that's that's the only ugly I can definitely take away. And uh, my golly, you know, credit hats off to Lamar Morgan and his bunch. I mean, it's, it's almost looking like a no-fly zone back when uh, watching App State in 2018 when they kind of heralded that uh, nickname. And uh, you're starting to see a lot of that with Eric Garrett, Trey Amos, Campo Desclo, as well as Braylon Traha. I mean, those are four experienced players back there in the back end that, you know, I think we're very lucky to have. And the experience has, is really showing. And, you know, defensively, and, and that's where the strength is, but as well as, you know, putting great, great pressure up front on the quarterback and making big stops when it need, when need. But, you know, it's it just, you want to see a lot of that come Thursday. And um, hopefully this team can uh, turn the page and bring that same effort and tenacity against Southern Miss. Yeah, for me, the ugly, uh, uh, although I agree with you and uh, with, with everything there, 0 for 11 on third down conversions, only a, uh, uh, I believe 12 first downs in the 13 first downs in the game for Arkansas state compared to the Cajuns 27. But to me, the Cajuns got to uh, clean up some penalties, still eight penalties for 60 yards. And, and I don't know, maybe winning cures things. And maybe we don't remember last year as many, pen, as many penalties, but, and that's something I'm going to have to go back and look at on the season 
how many penalties we had per game and all that. It just, I guess when you, when we started off on that kind of losing uh, streak there, it felt like there were a lot of penalties. And now that I don't remember eight penalties, quite honestly, in the game. So I guess winning does cure a lot of, of ills, but you know, am I, am I wrong there? I mean, did it, well, when you remember eight, when you're losing, as you say, you're always looking for an out. So you're kind of looking back at the stat sheet and you're remembering all the bad, what got you into these holes. So understandably so, the penalties were definitely a killer. And plus, you highlight the fact that we were on offense early on in this football season where you, we were not good enough to overcome penalties. Even five-yard five penalties from a false start, this team was just having struggles running the football and not being able to throw the football as well. So – Whenever you had those type of struggles and you had penalties to put yourself in deeper holes, it really was highlighted and it was almost just emphasized to a large degree. So there's no question about it. But I think this team, they're starting to jail. They're starting to run the football better. Offensively, they're they're getting key blocks and they're starting to jail as a unit. So you don't really pay attention as much to the penalties, but you're absolutely right. You do need to find ways to eliminate those penalties because – as you get more into the gauntlet of your season of your season against these Western Conference opponents, the West is still wide open. Um, I, I know we don't necessarily control our own destiny, but South Alabama, I believe, is not going to remain undefeated. Uh, for the well, not they're, they're not undefeated now, but they're not going to go undefeated for the remainder of the season. So there's still a big opportunity to still retain the Western Conference. Uh, a lot to play for but you have to eliminate penalties because we're still not quite yet a football team that can win, especially big games on the road. If we continue to beat ourselves. Absolutely. Great point there, Chris. Uh, anything else about the game that stood out? I know Ben Woolridge played five touchdown passes. You meant you, you mentioned that already, but at the same time for me, uh, the running game, we'll have Chris Smith back this week. Uh, and we'll talk about that shortly. But to me, the the other thing there was Jacob Cabote seemed a little bit more healthier. And you could see that sometimes he's, I don't know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Alonzo Harris. Although I think Alonzo Harris might have been a, a bigger back than uh, Jacob Cabote. And I guess I got to, I looked that up, but he, he's kind of reminds me a little bit of Harris in the sense of uh, he's not, um, he's, he's, a, he's a big man that's going to come up the middle, but He's got some speed there if he gets if he gets a breakaway. I think let me let me add on to what you're saying because I think you're making a good point and an interesting point because it's one I never really thought of. They have very similar running styles, Alonzo Harris and Jacob Bodie, and they're very similar in stature. I mean, I would say Alonzo was taller, but Cabote is a little bit more filled out. But you're right. To me, they were both more north and south runners, not as shifty. Um, uh, of cutting and going east and west towards the sidelines. They just wanted to go down hole and just punch you right in the mouth and very similar in that way. So I think that, that's a good comparison. Never really considered that. Um, but you're right. I think he is getting a little healthier. And um, and if, if, if you want to take over from there, let me go tend to my daughter for a second. Okay, she well, just we'll just... Out of bed. But keep talking. I am listening. All right, okay. We'll take a quick break right now. We'll come back.
Welcome back into we're talking tonight. We're uh, talking uh, raging Cajun football with Chris Lano. Chris, you know, we, we've talked about the game and everything, but what are, what were some of the, uh, the other things that, that kind of stood out? Uh, I, 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 I thought, look, uh, Lamar called a, I won't say a much better game because I, I don't think, but I like the way he dialed it up. I like the pressure on the quarterback, especially with a, with a freshman backup quarterback in the game. So what was your thoughts on the deep from the defense side of the ball? I know we talked about it a little bit, but, but just maybe a, a few more observations there. Well, they didn't let up and I thought they played their style of uh, brand of football for four straight quarters. And I think Lamar Morgan, he's not overly aggressive. I think he picks his spots whenever he wants to add extra pressure against the quarterback. The thing is uh, Lamar, you know, he really trusts his corners on the man coverage on the, along the outside and, you know, Trey Amos, he got beat one time deep. You know, it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, still, you know, he missed a lot of the fall camp with an injury. So, you know, I, I think now he's at tip-top uh, shape and form uh, to, to perform along the outside. And, you know, Eric Gary, you always know what you're going to get. And uh, I think Eric Guerra, as well as being a great defender along the outside, he's one of your best offensive weapons in the kick return game. And shout out to Eric Guerra. ESPN came out with the report last week in their midseason reports. And Eric Guerra was first team all return man um, in, in, in all of Division 1A. So that's great recognition for him, great recognition for our program. That's that's pretty good, and he and he deserves it. He's had a great year as a returnman. He's had a great career as a punt returnman, and somebody who may not quite make it as a corner in the next level might be a little undersized. He's he definitely has an opportunity to play as an all-purpose return, uh, all, all 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 return specialist. So we'll see. But back to your point about the defense. Um, you know, just I think Lamar Morgan, you know, he's he's really got these players playing hard at the right times. And, you know, I, I think there's there when you, when you look at this unit, you know, from top to bottom, there's just so many gains of experience. A lot of these players have been playing since Napier first walked them to the program back in 2018. And they're still here, you know, granted the extra COVID year that they're playing with right now. So I think a lot of that comes into play. It's just so much experience we have in all levels, on the defensive side of the football, linebacker, and, and safety and cornerback position. Even a guy like Jordan Quibita, who I think had his best game as a raging Cajun, you know, he may have not have started until this year, but he's played a lot of snaps in his career. You know, he's been coming in and out with, with, uh, with, with, with Coach Tony uh, uh, the last couple of years with, with that defense, and uh, Patrick Tony, that is you know, in his defensive schemes. So just a lot of experience. And, you know, I think this defense, they're always going to give an opportunity for this team to win. And I, I think you can ride, you can ride on their backs. And I really believe that, you know, when I mentioned identity a few weeks ago, along with you, Craig, just understanding who you are, it's all about playing great defense, field position, and taking the points when they matter, taking, settling for three. It's okay to do that because this defense is always going to be, in position to give you a chance to win football games, you know, find ways to put points along the scoreboard. Don't take too many chances. That's your identity. That's who you are. But going kind of transitioning to the offense when you were, um, you know, we talked about defensively things that stood out. I think the one thing offensively that stood out the most, and it really just kind of dials into one play. And that was the fourth and four, fourth and five, whatever it was, when the Cajuns are on 
the minus 45 yard line. And, you know, again, we talked about identity and field position. And I think a couple of weeks ago, we would have punt the football and tried to pin the offense, the opposing offense back and put your defense back on the football field. But going forward in that situation, I think it just goes to show you the trust factor and the confidence now that Michael Decimo has in his guys and his quarterback in Ben Wooldridge. And I think that speaks volumes of what he believes, the kind of player that he has now at the helm. So I thought that was very telling. They had the right play call. They had a nickel corner um, on Bernard in the slot position. The, the middle of the field was wide open in a spread formation with, with, I think it was shotgun, empty backfield. Yeah, So they got the scheme that they wanted defensively and they exposed it. And to me, that was great coaching. That was great execution, great play calling all around. It was an A+. Plus. And just, again, just the confidence he has in Ben to make that play on fourth down. I mean, the game could change if you don't convert on that on that play. And, I'm, and look, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I, I was one of the ones on the sideline saying, just punt the football. Just punt the football. Let's not overthink it. But you got to give credit to the coach staff where it's due. I mean, that was a great play call. Um, I, I like what I'm seeing with the chemistry between the coaches and the players. of calling something gutsy like that in that kind of position. And all around, that was just very telling and just it's promising. It's very good to see. Before we get into some uh, some some memories of uh, Southern Miss and Cajun football, uh, let's look ahead, though. What do you want to see difference? Let's start with the defensive side of the ball again. What was there anything anything different? I think moving forward than that you would like to see that you haven't seen maybe yet in a game. No, I mean, to me, we've seen it all. I mean, we've seen the pick sixes. We've seen the fumble recoveries. We've seen the interior rush, getting pressure on the quarterback, outside pressure on the quarterback with Andre Jones, Sonny Hazard, all those, you know, all those boys. And, um, you know, I, I think this team, they feed off each other with making plays. And I think if you continue doing a lot of the things that you, you do well, uh, I would say that there are in a lot of cases where this defense, they bend a little bit, but they never break. How about you just go out there and you, you don't even bend. You just don't bend and you just, you, you know, you eliminate, uh, you know, you continue to give great field position to, to your offense uh, in the opposition on the other side of the football field. But other than that, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, Lamar is doing a great job dialing up the plays and just calling it at the right time. And, you know, I, I just feel like this defense is clicking on all cylinders. I just I cannot really emphasize anything in particular of anything I would like to see different going forward. If they could just come out there on Thursday and play their brand style of football, you know, I give this Cajun football team a real chance to win a big game. Yeah, you know, even if you look, if you go back to uh, the the game against uh, Rice, which which was, in my opinion, the Cajuns' worst game of the year. You know the defense did their job. Uh, they they had three interceptions, and uh, but Rice was just on the the because of the offensive uh, inability to move the move the ball. Uh, the defense stayed on the on the on the field for two thirds of the game. So I, I agree with you, Chris. I think the defense is playing well. I think I I I just say keep rolling, man. Keep rolling. So. No, can, can you sustain it? Can you sustain this type of play? And you go back to Rice, I think that actual number was somewhere close to around 43 to 44 minutes on the football field. 
And you, you're never going to win a football game that way. It's in, it's impossible to do. I just, you know, there was a lot to be said about that game against Rice, and uh, both quarterbacks really had their struggles. But this is a completely different team from week three earlier in the year. And uh, I think it's definitely uh, showing it's, it's, it's paid off dividends of having one guy in there. And unfortunately, it happened because of an injury to one of our quarterbacks. But I just think you're starting to see a lot more continuity along the offensive line, especially along the wide receivers along the outside. It's just really it's it, it's it's evident and you're starting to see it. You're starting to see a lot more coaching along the sidelines. When Ben gets along the sidelines, he's having a little bit more communication with his players on things that he sees that others don't, as well as vice versa, what the offensive line sees that Ben maybe hasn't picked up during blitz pickups. So I think they have more communication. It's, you know, it's the ambiance of the huddle and what happens on the sidelines that people just don't necessarily pay attention to. There's a lot more that goes on in between than in between the whistles. And you didn't really see a lot of that because I felt like earlier in the year, you had quarterback play where they were just trying to win the moment, but not necessarily, necessarily the game. And when they had bad sequences or series, they come back on the sidelines and they would just more so harping and just sit and discuss of what they did bad instead of looking forward and looking ahead of what can I do, you know, when my time comes in a couple series uh, going forward of to get this team back on the right track. It, it's hard to build that, that chemistry and that continuity. I think you have that now. And, um, you know, Ben, you know, you know d- despite all that, you know, this guy has the physical tools to be a very good player. I mean, he sits in that pocket and he looks six four. I mean, there's a lot of big quarterbacks out there, but they don't look big when they're sitting in the pocket. He looks big. And I, I love the way how he scans the field and he throws a beautiful deep ball. He's got a great delivery. The ball just kind of gets, you know, comes out of his hand, uh, kind of zips out of his hand, but in a very fluid motion. And, uh, you know, you can definitely tell he's had great mechanics his entire life. And, um, you know, he, he just he's your prototypical quarterback. And I think both guys, you know, if they were both healthy and either one, if Chandler were to start, I think they would both excel. But right now uh, it, it's Ben, you know, all by by injury early on. But Ben is taking full advantage of this opportunity. And, you know, I couldn't be happier for him. He's doing very well right now. Let's move on to some memories, maybe some painful memories. 2008, cool, 2008 Cajuns head to uh, to Hattiesburg to open the season against Southern Miss. Uh, a couple of things I had not realized uh, uh, until I went back and looked at this. W- one was that was Gustav uh, hitting h- hitting the area. Um, two, uh, the the advertiser was actually shut down. For about four days, uh, the the newspaper had the halftime score in it, and then they want to evacuate their staff, and they didn't come back online until Wednesday. So I had to go to Southern Mrs. Uh, uh, or Hattiesburg newspaper to find out the details of the game because, like I said, the the it was a uh, it was a halftime score that 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 the uh, that the Lafayette newspaper had put up, and it said uh, you know thirty four to fourteen in halftime. Uh, you were there. You played in that game. What was it like? Well, I'm so glad. For one, 
thank you so much. You reminded me of the storm. Well, not not the storm per se, but the storm name. I couldn't think of the name of the storm that was upon us the, within hours after the game, and that was Gustav. That's what that's that was the name. So I appreciate you reminding me of that. Listen, there's a lot I can share about this. Okay, that was my junior year, which was Finroy. Although Finroy and I were the same class. I was able to maintain my red shirt my freshman year. He did not, obviously, as we all know. So Finroy was it was his senior year as long as well as Mike Desimo. And you know, we we got into that stadium. We got there in Hattiesburg. And Craig, I'm not trying to make excuses. I mean, that team for Southern Miss, they beat us and they beat us to a pulse. They were the better team that they somewhat argue they were the better team all year. They, they were a good football team. And we'll talk more about some of the players on that team, some names that may ring a bell that you saw later in uh in the NFL, one in particular that I'm going to mention. But you know, you look at that game, and the one thing I remember one thing I remember, Coach uh Oh, Joe Broussard, our, our, our color commentator. That was his first game back. That was his first game back. He had just been rehired, and uh, that was game one for him. And just a little bit of momentum. I remember looking at him on the sidelines. I walk up to him. I kind of nudge him on the shoulder, and I said, welcome back, Coach. And we, we shake hands. It was a cool moment. It really was a cool moment. I told him, welcome back. This is where you belong. And uh, kickoff happened just a few seconds after that. So that was pretty neat. And I was glad to be a part of that along with Coach G. Um, but you know, that game also, you know, I, I can't tell a lie though, Craig. I mean, there were a lot of distractions within that locker room. We were talking about it. The players were, trust me, it was on the back of our minds. And I, again, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just telling you what was real. We didn't know if we were even going to travel back home that night. We had just suffered from Katrina a few years prior to that. We didn't know if we would even have a home going back home. And what's interesting and ironic about that game uh, you mentioned the newspapers being shut down for four days. We were lucky enough to have a buy that next week, a very unusual second week buy. And so we had the ability to stay where we were as far as, you know, the players evacuated. You know, I went, I remember going to my girlfriend's house uh, the very next day because I could not stay on campus at the dorm. Um, so I went to my girlfriend's house. I was there for a few days and we couldn't even, we couldn't leave the premises I and mean, I couldn't get back to where I needed to in, in, in a few days, but lucky enough, we had to buy the, the next week. Um, but I also recall that game. We, when you think of Tyrell Finroy, what's the one thing, what's the one feature you think about? You think about the neck brace because that was him. That was his brand. You know, that, that was kind of like his moxie when, when he played, when he came into that year, his senior year, he decided to take the neck brace off because there was a lot of talk about the optics of it. But he, he played a bad game. He didn't have one of his better games of the season, of his career, actually. So Finroy, you know, if you watch the highlights, you know, you can't recognize Finroy. He does not look the same without the neck brace. And the very next week, I forgot who we played because we had a bye week the next week. So two weeks later, he put the neck brace back on. He was back to Finroy, back to Finroy form. That's one thing I remember. And also Mike Decimo, he got hurt in the second half of that game, even though the game may have been a little bit out of reach at that point. Just a lot of things just went downhill, just went south for us. And, uh, you know, but the quarterback for Southern Miss, some people may remember Austin Davis. And remember, he had a little stint with the St. Louis Rams where he started 10 games in his uh, in the 2013 season. He had a nice, you know, I would say nice, but 
he had a little short stint in the NFL where he was trying to prove himself. He was a very formidable quarterback, and he was really just lighting us up in that game. So Southern Miss, I mean, they had a squad. And, you know, us, I thought, you know, we had a great team as well back in 2008. Um, but, you know, again, we had a lot of distractions. We, there was a lot of stuff on our minds into that football game. And we were even talking about it at halftime, just, you know, looking at hearing about updates of the storm, what's going to happen. You know, it's hard not to turn a blind eye to that. We're only kids, you know, we're kids and we just suffered from this a few years before that. But again, I mean, it was, it was the last regular season game we played against them. I know we played in the bowl game, but they've had our number the last two games and, I think it's about time now we, re- we rewrite the ship uh, on Thursday. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I don't think enough, uh, in, and again, not excuses, but I don't think enough is is given to the fact that 2005 was Katrina and 2008 was Gustav. Just three short years, and, and if it's like any other Cajun team, there's a lot of players from New Orleans uh, on or the New Orleans surrounding area, as you, as you are, you know, so it, yeah. It's fresh on your mind of the devastation as opposed to something that happens once every 30 years, you know, uh, you guys, you know, you grew up on that, what hurricanes were doing at the time. So no, I, I agree. It's not an excuse, but it's part of reality. But the other thing that, that I did not realize though, it was Larry, Larry Fedora's first game at Southern Miss's head coach as well. And uh, he went on, uh, I forgot where he ended up at North Carolina and a couple other places, but had a, a nice uh, coaching career at Southern Miss and, and so on and so forth. But to your point about Fenroy, 13 carries for 56 yards, very un-Fenroy-like, you know. Uh, very un-Fenroy-like, yeah. Uh, Mike, was, uh, Mike had 16 rushes for 146 yards. Uh and Mike passing though nine for twenty two interceptions for ninety eight yards and McGuire two for four uh, thirty three yards. Uh, was that Brad McGuire? What was his? Yeah, our God rest his soul, Brad McGuire. He came in actually. Now even though Chris Mason was the starter the very next year, Brad McGuire at that, that time the year before he had won the backup job. So that that's kind of interesting to see. I mean, a lot happened in the offseason, as you can see, but. At that moment, Brad McGuire, and it's funny because when Mike went down, us players, especially on the defense side of football, maybe not on the offensive side, they probably know, but we had no idea who was going in. They kind of kept that secret. Plus, you know, we were not used to any other quarterback playing for our team the last couple of years besides Mike. So we, that's something we never really had to worry about. All of a sudden, they call Brad's name. And like, oh, okay. So Brad's our backup. We didn't even know. We 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 didn't. We knew it was either going to be Chris or Brad. But obviously, the coaches knew, and of course, Brad knew. But we didn't know. So Brad went in there, and uh, you know, he had to kind of fill in for Mike. But he was a freshman at the time. I believe he may have been a true freshman. No, he was a redshirt freshman at that time. He had redshirt the year before. Uh, but, but, yeah, just a lot of things kind of went downhill. And also another note about that football game, the offensive coordinator was Louisiana's offensive coordinator the year before. The the coach and the name, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought, Craig. You can kind of help me out. He's the one who had that long stint at Arkansas State, who's now at Utah State. Oh, um, I see his face. His wife passed away from – His uh, wife passed away of cancer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm having a hard time 
remembering his name, and I've, I've kind of lost recollection of who it was, but we, we, we all see his face. I, yeah. I know that. Uh, well, okay, but, you know. It, 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 it's going to kill me. It's going to hurt me. That's right. Well, <laughs> as, as we're talking, I'll try to look it up as well. Uh, but but my, the, my point is, my point is, he was there as the offensive coordinator. So and then again, you know, to their advantage, they knew a lot about what we what we did as far as our personnel and um, kind of playing a little bit to our strengths, uh, you know, kind of tipping the, the defense as well, as well as the offense to our defense. So you had somebody on the inside who had was previously with us the year before. So Blake Anderson, know, I, Blake Anderson. There you go. Blake Anderson. But uh, yes, he was the offensive coordinator there. A lot of people don't realize, you know, uh, I, I first question before, uh, before I get into something, I think that hopefully you'll laugh at, <laughs> but I'm, I'm laughing sure at it already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I know everything was going on, but uh, the, the 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 newspaper article shows uh, about thirty two thousand at the game. Was it? Did they have a nice crowd? Did you they did. even remember it, it, that? It, well, it was. Well, yeah, it was opening week, and uh, of course, we actually brought a decent crowd as well. And I remember a lot of our fans traveling. My parents traveled, even despite of what was going on back at home, they traveled, and the Lano sure do bring a big crew. Uh, but yeah, no, we, we had a very, we brought a nice crowd as well. I mean, they were amped up in that stadium. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was a fully packed house, but it was a great atmosphere. That's one I do remember. And it was a night game. It was a night game. So it was, it was a late evening game. And, uh, those tend to bring out the best of, uh, of college venues. So, um, I'm looking on here and of course I'm looking at the, and they had a Hattiesburg newspaper. But uh, I don't see your name in the newspaper anywhere. I mean, are you sure you played? Oh God! Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just messing with you. So, all right, Chris. Well, you know, you know what's interesting? No, I take it back. I was, I, I did play that game because I, I do remember that was the same season we played Kent State, if I recall. Yes, you are. Uh, it, it was okay. So I did. It was probably the next game after Hattiesburg where I got hurt on a kickoff team because I remember I did not play against Kent State. Okay, so, so the, that was the were, Illinois they, game. It, it, well, Kent. No, no, okay. So Illinois, I did not travel. I was okay. hurt. I was injured. I had a deep, I had a deep thigh bruise, and those are painful. Yes. I mean, when a deep thigh. I mean, I was going full speed on a kickoff, and just I think one of somebody's knee just goes straight into my thigh, and I tell you, you almost feel like you want to get your leg amputated the next day. That's how painful it is. You cannot put any pressure. You cannot walk on it, and uh, go that. That was brutal. So yes, I did. I did not travel. I remember sitting in my apartment listening to that game on the radio. Matter of fact, uh, and the Kent State game. You're right. I did not. Um, I did not. I, I, I dressed, but I did not play a single snap that game. I just. I could. I could. I was trying to get back to the motion of things. I could barely walk still, but I was dressed. And I think maybe I played the next game. It might have been a conference game, if I can recall. That's too long for me to remember. I'm yeah. not really too sure, but. Kansas State was the next game after yeah. that. Then you well, let's just say Julian yeah. Julian Elliman is so lucky I didn't play that game. He didn't <laughs> want any part of me. You know the Illinois game. I was living in Indiana and I was only about two and a half hours away. And oh, nice. I just, I just remember waking up on Sunday morning and and looking at the newspaper and going, "Hell, the Cajuns were only 
you know, a couple hours away and I didn't go to the game. So very frustrating on my part, especially after I saw the score. It was a 20 to 17 loss, but Illinois at the time was uh, number 24 in the country. And you look back at, especially after the whooping that uh, Southern Miss gave us that year, uh, it's it's kind of a little bit uh, nice to see that we played the uh, the number twenty four team in the country a little better. So, but no, Chris, thank you for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to comment on or discuss, or what you'd like to see this weekend coming up in Hattiesburg? Well, it's it's going to be fun because my company we're having a annual barbecue after work, so. It's a perfect day to have it. So I'm going to be wearing my Cajun gear out there. I may even go out there and wear my uniform uh, just just for, just for fun. And we're all going to be watching the game. You know, we have a lot of betters within that uh, within the office that we like to uh, kind of share our parlay bets and what we like for the for the weekend just to kind of talk about it on Mondays when we get back just for fun. Uh, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of lines being passed around. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I and mean, let me ask you, are, are you making a trip for Thursday? I am. I am uh, traveling over on Thursday uh, morning and spending the night in Hattiesburg on Thursday evening, then headed to Jackson, uh, Mississippi to spend some time with my aunt and uncle before heading home. Uh, Good Friday. for you. Well, so, be safe, my friend. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, as always. I appreciate your time. And I won't, unfortunately, won't be able to dog you on Twitter this week. So we'll do that another time. Another time. <laughs> My pleasure. You've been listening. We're talking when we've been talking. We've been talking. We're talking football. We've been talking football with Chris Lano, former Raging Cajun color analyst. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.